Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Elks and Demise. My name is John. That's Ian. We're still doing that? All right. I, well, okay. After the show last week, I told Ian that I would stop saying that after Oko got banned, and we'll get to that, but I don't think this counts. Fine. <laughs> Today's episode, today is November 4th, 5th, November 5th, day of recording. It is the uh, It's episode 132, Your Order, Please, because food is on everybody's mind. I mean, as always. Well, because this weekend is the Mythic Championship Six in good yeah. old Richmond, Virginia, which is standard. And oh boy, are we going to see a lot of food decks? I hope you're ready for some uh, some bad recipes. A lot of a lot of venison. Also, a whole I'm, lot of venison. Also, I'm realizing my eyes are going to go crossed after this weekend if I'm looking at multiple chats. Oh no. Because it's Desert Bus this weekend as well. So here's Desert the, Bus. So here's the fun slash sad part about all of this is that I probably, if it wasn't for Desert Bus, I'd be like, oh, then I can just moderate the stream for Richmond. I wouldn't be doing that. I would be down in Richmond for the GP because it's like a three-hour drive south of me from D.C., not even. Yeah. I would have been like, yo, who has a room for me in Richmond? I want to hang out all weekend and just... Like, this would be my first time to, like, there's a pro tour within driving yeah, distance of my house. Yeah. And I can't even go to it because I'm working for a charity event. But that's well, fine. Fair. That's fine, though, because this is one hell of an amazing fundraising event. So Yeah, Desert Rose for Hope always brings out the best in the creatives around the nerd space, as well as the best from companies like Wizards of the Coast, who gives a whole bunch of stuff to get donated at Desert Bus. I've already seen a lot of the big crafters. I think we're having a sort of sinew and steel and a sort of Dungeons and Dragons being auctioned off at Desert Bus. Yeah, I know um, Harry. I know there's behind that Harry, who goes by Hats Wear Cats. It's it's a yep. it's a very old loading radio on in joke. <laughs> it's a very old, very complicated pun. In joke, like off of another yeah. username that spawned a whole bunch of spam accounts and he just kept anyway. Don't worry about it. Harry's awesome. He does he's done some swords in the past. He actually asked me I I'm I'm want to take some a small like 0.05 percent uh consultant credit <laughs> he asked me hey i don't think i have enough time to make all of this he wanted to make uh some of the other swords as well he didn't have time and i'm like just make D and one of the swords from uh, modern horizons make the steel and sinew one so i kind of helped yeah he was like hey would this be fine if you had two i'm like dude people are gonna love it and eat it up the swords look amazing like yeah. he's done the uh sort of fire and ice before in the past um a couple of his other works and stuff just go look it out we'll link uh the desert bus stuff there's also i want to give a huge shout out some amazing crafters that's uh, a, a, a partners um blank on their name right now but there is some stained glass i was uh, gonna mention the stained glass but i figured you i figured you would uh yeah i tweeted about it it was like the first thing i tweeted about prize wise um because that's not what i'm aiming for with my war chest this year i have other things i'm aiming for not magic related but Anyway, uh, so the Japanese planeswalkers from War of the Spark uh, inspired, uh, sparked them, ha, uh, two people, so partners to create some stained glass window pieces that can, ha some hangers of the Ugin the Ineffable mm -hmm. artwork and the Amano inspired Luliana Dreadhorde General. So those two are two separate auction lots. I believe they're... Forget if they're live or silent auctions. All that information is on desertbus.org. Yes. Uh, slash prizes, I think. Um, or no, it's a drop down menu, whatever. Anyway, 
go check it out. They're amazing. And it goes to an amazing organization, Child's Play Charity. Uh, so to give a brief rundown on that, do it now. So Child's Play Charity, based out of Seattle, they have a bunch of partner uh, hospitals and domestic shelters or domestic violence shelters, I should say, across the world. And each of these partner uh, hospitals and shelters provide a a wish list like for Amazon and other stuff like that for books, board games, video game systems, games itself for the systems, all sorts of card games and board games and everything of that sort. And what they do is they put that in their child uh, child care wing uh, for the uh, uh, for for the domestic shelters for kids and stuff like that, but also the intensive care for uh, children and such like that because they found because yeah, it's really crappy to be sick and like six. And you can't leave your hotel room, but that's what well, games hospital. and toys and hospital or domestic room. abuse shelters and everything. Yeah. So another thing too with the hospitals, you can't bring your own stuff in because contaminated in a sterile environment, especially if your roommate is somebody who, you know, has like autoimmune issues and stuff like that. As someone so they, who spent time in an oncology ward in a hospital, yeah, you don't want any cross-contamination. Right. So they have their own stuff like that. And they've actually done studies over time thanks to stuff with Child's Play where they found that kids actually get better quicker because of all of this, because they don't have, it's, it's amazing how the human body reacts to stress and worry. And that if you have something taking your mind off of that stress, you actually heal quicker. So they've discovered that that through this stuff, plus parents also have a weight off of their shoulders. They're not nearly as worried about their kid. They, yeah, their kid might, you know, if they're going through leukemia treatment or something like that, or have some surgery, they might be in like a hospital gown in a hospital bed, but seeing a kid smiling and having fun playing a video game or reading a book or playing a game with some friends who are in the hospital with them. Like it just removes a huge stress off of the family and everything like that. Not to mention domestic violence shelters because Lord knows they need all the happiness. Let me tell you from someone who has gone through chemotherapy and I'm, I'm 29. It's not fun. I can only imagine what it's like for these kids who have to go through that because it can't be fun for them either. No, it's it's definitely something that I'm I'm just absolutely happy to be a part of in some small way, shape, or form. And that for me, that's moderating chat. I've been moderating since year one. So if it's something that I've been doing now for, I believe this is year 13. Yeah, James said it was run 13. Yeah, I've done this for 13 years, moderating their web chat. I would not do something for 13 years if I didn't think it was worthwhile. I'm just going to leave it at that. If If you're listening to this podcast and you know, you, you know, you, you trust John and I on at least a couple things and stuff like that. The fact that I have put in this much time and this much effort over my lifetime into an event, even if it's just moderating a chat, making sure people are behaving, it's a worthwhile cause. So definitely check it out when you're not watching the uh, Mythic Championship this weekend. It starts on the 8th of November at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Pacific time. Yeah. 8 a.m. Pacific time. Or as they call it, moon base time. And yep. It will run roughly through next week. Uh, should be Thursday night, Friday morning, in the wee hours of the morning, like one a.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time. Usually, that's what that's about when last year's ended. So it's a great time. Come hang out and chat. If you came from Eyes on the Mize and your listeners, just say hey, what up? Cool. Uh, because of this, by the way, I'm going to do this. Usually, we do this at the end of the episode, but I'm also, we're going to hit it now. I said now, now. We will not have an episode next week because I will be busy with all hours of my free time, unless John wants to do a little something, but 
Yeah. I'll see what goes on. Yeah. Either way, I won't be around next week because I will be busy moderating and yeah. watching this lovely fine event. But yeah, Desert Bus Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific time slash moon base time. Um, and go donate now because if they donate, tw- if the total hits $22,805 before Friday, before Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, James has to buy uh, ice cream for the entire crew. Yeah, it's it's happened before. I helped out with that one year. It was kind of fun. Side note, too, if there's a lot of like, you know, if you don't have a whole lot of money and stuff like that, want to hit on the fact they do do uh, – we can't call them raffles because it's legalese and stuff like that. For other countries, raffles are a weird thing with that. Uh, donation drives are what we do. So, for instance, some things might be like some Magic the Gathering products or some craft items or something of that sort. We'll pick a value, like say for the next hour, any donations in increments of $7.16 or something like that. So they make it weird. So it's not something you can be like, here's $25, go. And then any increments will you know hit on that one or like, hey, it's $10 now. It's like $7.16. So that'd be like 1432 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then so on and so forth. People usually like have a thing that they spit out like hey it's this much okay here's the next like six different iterations of that going up and you get an entry for each of that stuff so it's a great way you can be like hey i've seen people who have literally only ever chipped in like eight bucks and they've won like something that's worth like three hundred dollars easily that person's not me and what's really cool is at the very end of the run if you've donated five dollars or more they have this like mystery box that everybody who enters five dollars or more gets entered into so go make a donor account go help out the kids it's a great cause. That's enough on that. <laughs> yeah. For now, as of right now, they have raised $7,990.55. Heck yeah. Or should I say bus for, yeah. For the children. For the kids. Um, and then also, yeah, Mythic Championship 6. Not really going to talk about it much because it's going to be a lot of food decks. Um, yeah. So John put in the notes, LSV said on a stream that he wouldn't be surprised if the meta was 60% Oko decks. This is, it's the standard format right now is kind of devolved to the point where it was during Callblade and also... Uh, the affinity, the really bad Mirrodin affinity era where it was you're either playing food or you're playing a deck designed to beat food. Mm-hmm. And then you can try to meta something with, okay, you might have a decent game against food, but you really just raffle stomp the food, uh, the counter to food deck kind of thing like that. Like, okay, yeah, I'll accept the fact that maybe I have a 49% or 48% win rate against food. But if I run up against one of these decks that's angling to just beat food i can hit with like a 75 percent win rate like you can kind of meta that and maybe hope to that but then once you get to the higher ranks you know you better have a game plan for food yeah but we'll see how it goes um but in the meantime something that everyone lost their minds over on monday um which spawned a lot of memes which some of them were pretty funny um because on monday they started their weekly uh pioneer banned and restricted announcements there are a lot of jokes about how Aaron Forsyth uh, tweeted out saying, we're not going to make any decisions before lunch. And then noon passed on um, the Pacific Coast, one passed on the Pacific Coast, two passed on the Pacific Coast, and there were still no announcements. Uh, a lot of people were joking about how um, Arnie was spending all their time eating infinite breadsticks, infinite breadsticks at Olive Garden. Um, but we eventually got the Pioneer BNR announcement. It's just Pioneer ban announcement. There's no restrictions in true that's that's the weird thing we're so used to saying bnr just because it's been ingrained but it's actually literally just listed as pioneer band announcement 
Yeah. Um, so before we'll start the, before with that, though, we I, just right. want, I just want to say, thank God I was busy at work that day. So I didn't have to see the, the quote unquote, the discourse on Twitter about I was that. off and I was going mad hitting F5 on the, you know, on the screen. I looked at it this way. He said they were going to finalize stuff at lunch. And I'm like, well, that's like two, three in the afternoon, Eastern time, whatever. If something comes up, it does. It still wasn't there. And everyone's like chomping at the bit. And I'm like, I've become massively jaded on all of yeah. this stuff these days. I don't care. It, whenever it comes, it's going to get here. Bans happen, and they did. Yeah. You so we'll that? start with where we got right. Although I don't, I think I don't think either of us predicted one week for a copycat piece to go. It's been one week since you looked at me. Um. So Felidar Guardian, the uh, the fall boy, fall cat from uh, last go around with copycat. Got the axe again. The rationale from Ian Duke, who wrote the article, is basically said that it's the piece that's most likely going to break again. Yes. Even without Sahili Rai, you take Sahili Rai out, Felder Guardian is still going to do broken things, and it's the most likely to break in the future. And remember, Felder Guardian is a three and a white cat beast. That's one four at uncommon from Aether Revolt. It says, when Felder Guardian enters the battlefield, you may exile another target permanent you control. Then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So it's abusable with blanking Sahili, resetting it, which makes another one, which blinks it and resets it and ad nauseum till a finite number of your choosing. And then swing for lethal. Uh, So we weren't weren't that surprised concerning that piece. But we had two other cards that were hit. Well, I I just want to talk about Felidar Guardian for just a brief second. Because one of the things people were thinking of is, hey, maybe this time around we hit Sahili Rai, but... Sahili Rai is the one blue-red, three-loyalty Planeswalker at Mythic from Kaladesh. Her plus one is plus one. Scry one deals one damage to each opponent. Minus two, create a token that's a copy of target artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. That token gains haste, exile to begin next end step. That minus two is what would blink her and let her do that. You would just have to hold up a response of, you know, a wild slash or something or a shock to hit her down kind of thing uh, while she be, basically you minus her while that trigger of targeting her from the bounces on the stack, you, you shoot it out from under. So it doesn't blink and her minus seven, which I've honestly never seen anybody ever use search your library for up to three artifact cards with different names, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So people are like, well, maybe if we get rid of her, we'll just have a weird blink effect with Feldar guardian. You know, it can blink something like, I don't know, spell queller. For some reason, I don't know why you would ever do well, that. Well, blinking spell queller with t- three mana to fairy out is just you know bye bye to your spell, right? Bullet. You could also do something like blink your reflector mage, blink, mm-hmm. blink your planeswalkers to reset them. Yeah. I saw that happen on stream. Yeah, you can blink artifacts you've got. You know, for an untap. So, like, as an example of that of that first part, I saw I was saw someone playing against um, copycat. And the other one player had a Pithing Needle that was naming Oko, and there was an Oko, and there was a t- three minute Teferi on the other side of the field. They played uh, Felidar Guardian, blinked the Teferi, minus three to the Teferi to bounce the Pithing Needle, ticked up Oko to make a food. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty good. That was sweet. So, yeah, so you can do, you can do some dumb stuff with Felidar Guardian like that, which is kind of why it got targeted. Um, I think what that does is in the future, they they will intentionally avoid blinking stuff that can target planeswalkers specifically to avoid this combo because it's so easy to just you can do like target land creature artifact you control and like just not have it worry about Sahili Rai whereas Sahili Rai lets I you think make that Felid- copycat 
or copy clone effect kind of thing like that if you want to do something weird with it. Yeah, I think Fellow Guardian should have just said another target creature or artifact. Yeah, it would have been way less atrocious if they had done that. But, you know, here we are. In hindsight. Uh, so that was that one we called. However, one thing we kind of touched upon in our, I believe we touched upon it in the Pioneering a New Frontier episode 130, possible decks, we mentioned ramp. Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we talked about Monogreen Devotion in the mid range section of that episode. And basically kind of just barely covered it. Who knew? Yeah, we... <laughs> Boy, we missed that one. Because uh, honestly, I think, I know you and, I know me personally, I can't speak for you, John, but it's one of those, I have so much other stuff going on in life where I am, I, I want to play. I'm playing Is It Phoenix and I'm doing pretty good in the kind of like free to play, you know, yep. cues you can do in Magic Online. I think I've maybe won like five or six games and only dropped one. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I shame scooped on one of them too, but <laughs> that's that's treasure cruising away your arc light phoenix when that's the third spell to get it on the battlefield. Yeah, that's that's a, not good. That's a shame scoop. I did that. Oops. Um, no, but yeah, these ramp decks are who boy uh, abusing the new from M twenty uh, leyline of abundance. Which yeah, Leyline is... of Abundance, 2GG for a rare enchantment. It has the Leyline text where if it's in your opening hand, you can just put it on the battlefield before the game starts. It reads, whenever you tap a creature for mana, add an additional green. And then it has 6GG colon, put a plus plus counter on each creature you control. I was actually watching my my friend Will stream. Uh, he was streaming the uh, Numa the Nummy deck that 5-0'd with Ilharg the Razebore, putting like big dumb idiots into play. Um, and his opponent went pregame effect. Two Leyline of Abundance. Played a Forest, tapped it, played an Elvish Mystic. Oh, boy. Next turn, next turn, uh, tapped for five mana, played a um, Nissa who, sh- who shakes the world, untapped the Forest. The Forest is now a creature and now makes additional G off of Leyline of Abundance. So that taps for four G, played a Nykthos, made seven Devotion, uh, and it was just not close to being close. Yeah, the and here's the thing: the London Mulligan with these ley lines. Oh my god! We, I mean, we talked about it back when the, the London Mulligan was going to be a thing. But we were talking about you know ley line of sanctity, ley line of the void, because we didn't really have the M twenty ones necessarily like in our. I don't think they were out yet. We didn't have definitely didn't have them in the radar kind of thing. Yeah, they were not out yet because London Mulligan was uh, yeah. Pro Tour War of the Spark. Right, but even so, like. Man, Leyline is a heck of a card. And Todd Anderson, strong sad on Magic Online, piloted it to a 12 and 1 record in the Pioneer PTQ, only losing in the finals because he had a really, really, really bad draw against a Nexus Reclamate Teamer, uh, Bant Reclamation deck. So Bant Nexus mm-hmm. Reclamation uh, beat him in the finals. And that deck went 9 and 1 through the Swiss yeah. rounds. Um, Basically I mean, going the big thing with Leyline is the fact that it. The big thing with Leyline is that it's free. It provides two free devotion and is really easy to, to nick those for insane amounts of mana early in the game. Yeah. Now, the third card that got banned is one that I didn't necessarily predict. We did, and I didn't necessarily think that it would be the card that would be hit. Now, I will say this: I I remember mentioning this card when we were talking about our Pioneer deck stuff mm-hmm. either last week or the week before because it powered out these four color planeswalker decks and that's oath of nissa mm-hmm. that's the yep. one green so that's a single green pip in legendary enchantment from oath of the gate watch 
reading, when Oath of Nissa enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature, land, or planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. You may, sp And it also has a thing where you may spend mana as though were mana of any color to cast planeswalker spells. These four color planeswalker decks probably had like just Aether Hub as the ability for red mana and were literally bant splashing red for Sahili Rai as the Feldar Guardian. Oops, I win con. Yeah. Um, they were literally just like, were, like, these four color, like four color cat decks were essentially four color super friends decks with the oops, I win twin combo in it. And Othanissa was also seen playing the Modern Green Devotion deck because it's a cheap source of devotion that's hard to interact with because it's an enchantment, not a creature. Um, now, one of the big things that, that is mentioned here it's ponder that is, sticks around. Yeah, it, it also greatly contributes to the consistency of strategies that utilize a large number of three mana planeswalkers in a way that can create unhealthy play patterns. This is how Wizards of the Coast calls out to Fairy and Oko without naming them. Yeah, essentially, like this is yeah, and Sahili Rai. But you remove Cat, you remove that problem. Well, right, but in in effect, it's also saying, hey, you just name four, you name three planeswalkers that cover four colors of mana mm -hmm. that are powered out unhealthily by one spell that costs yep. one mana. It was. Yeah. I still remember. I still remember my favorite Othanissa moment was Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad. It was LSV playing against somebody. I think they were playing the Green White Tokens Mirror Match. Um, LSV's opponent had a uh, Green White Land, a Forest of Forest, and a um, Westvale Abbey in play, as well as an Othanissa, and then tapped out for Gideon Alley of Zendikar. And LSV joked loud enough for the stream to hear. Chat's probably going crazy about how, wondering how you cast that Gideon. Oh yeah, I I kind of pseudo remember checking like oh I cast I actually I think I was in chat for that and everyone was, I actually was like oh my god what is going on how does he cast it and everyone's like oh Thanissa come on people keep up here let's go yeah. no I was yeah it's oath of Nissa is a heck of a magic card and I literally when I saw this ban list I was not surprised um, namely with just how utterly over the top some of these win percentages were. Uh, yeah, Aaron Forsyth tweeted out after the announcement got made, after one of the deck lists happened, because there's a Pioneer deck lists, which is which was uh, Jerry Thompson and uh, Brian Gottlieb, their kind of pioneer take on arena deck lists, um, where arena where Aaron basically tweeted out the data on the bands over the weekend, this past weekend, so the third and the fourth, or the second and the third, excuse me, um, Devotion trophied forty times. Which is ten more than most other decks. Ten times, yeah, ten times more than most other decks. They had a sixty point five non mirror win percentage and had a sixty two win percentage against Copycat, which makes sense if you're putting you know a bunch of power into play on turn two with those like double leyline draws and Nykthos. Uh and then Cat trophied sixteen times with a fifty four point nine percent non-mirror win percentage yeah so we, we only see trophies and stuff like that when it comes to the trophy leaderboard but they see everybody's win-loss percentages and can pull okay what decks were in each of these matches and they have that data dump that we don't see and basically once people realized that devotion was the strategy du jour to be playing if you wanted to win you like i actually when i was playing with is it phoenix i actually beat a devotion deck specifically just because i made sure i kept every single last removal spell and once I identified that it oh it was devotion okay you keep no creatures on the battlefield i didn't care about casting like i basically stuck a thing in the ice and just started casting burning kill spells i didn't care yeah. about digging for phoenixes all i was doing was 
like they got like a whole bunch of zombies out too i think that this one was particularly was playing a field of the dead for some reason it was a weird lands deck but even then a bunch of mana dorks and stuff like that yeah you can cast once you get a lot, a lot of land but i've bounced it and now you got to chump my seven sixth or six sevenths whatever the heck it is swinging in seven, seven eight. eight it's big yeah i had a fun thing too today where i was playing up against the deck that was running a bunch of mana dorks um i killed some one of their things with a uh wild slash and then i was like okay well now i'm sitting with a it was on like two counters at the time i'm like all right how do i attack into it i have a lightning axe and a fiery temper okay and two red sources i'm like all right lightning axe targeting my thing in the ice holding priority target with madness hit you with in the face with the fiery temper counter comes off fiery temper hits then the counter comes off for the final one layering on the stack flip thing in the ice five damage gets marked on a seven eight and swing in mm-hmm. i was like mm, mm-hmm. yeah you keep no creatures and i wasted basically three burn spells to just flip the thing in the ice but i didn't care i needed to win yeah that's <laughs> how you exactly. do it because i was next turn i was hitting four mana and then i was just hard casting phoenixes for my hand yeah. And now, like, if we look at the most recent Pioneer Challenge that took place over the weekend, uh, the first placing deck was Monogreen Devotion. Uh, second place deck was Copycat. Uh, third place deck was at the hand of Clyde the Glide Drexler, which is one of the best Magic Online names. Uh, they were playing Mono Black Vampires. They're, they're a very and, well-known Mikko grinder. Yeah. Uh, then there was fourth place was a Mono Red Aggro deck. And then fifth, sixth, and seventh place were all Mono Green Devotion. Yeah, there's a lot of ramp, reclamation, and... And then 8th place was mono red as well. Yeah, it's it's looking like now, so we, we've kind of talked about the bans and what happened, and there's overpowered. I think right now the next thing that people are looking at doing is, uh, I want to say it's going to be, at this point, actually Nexus. I can see Nexus going. Uh, well, no, 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 I'm talking like the deck people are going to gravitate towards oh, next. So yeah, sure. They're going to try to re-break... Uh, devotion however i mean wizards did this i do appreciate the fact that we are looking at a very typical wizard and pattern of ban in that hey look we they basically have said like we want to keep nykthos decks in the format we want devotion decks to be a kind of your big mana deck or a mana you know focused deck so they want to keep nykthos in there they're going to tr- they'll try to ban everything else they can to keep nykthos healthy which there are some people who are cynical who are thinking that Nykthos is going to be in um, Theros Beyond Death, which A, I wouldn't mind, uh, and B, that would be a little cynical. I wouldn't mind a reprint. It's a $20 card again. Yeah, maybe that'll go down a little bit now that uh, now that the main deck that's abusing it is gone. Yeah, people still... I mean, it's still a good deck. I mean, you can still power out some really crazy yeah. stuff with... Oh, Burning Tree Emissary is another one that puts a lot of stuff on the battlefield. With one and two it, drops. This is true. This one is true. one drop mana dork, two drop, another mana. BTE, BTE, Nykthos, Nykthos for five, play Nissa still, sure. Yeah. It's, you can if you're do doing that, stuff. then more power to you. That's well, yeah. Right, but I'm saying like that, that's the deck can still manage those kind of like ridiculous kind of draws. That said, yeah. I think that we're in an okay spot right now with big mana. We'll see how it goes after this ban. Uh, I, uh, the... SCG grinder contingent that I seem to say a lot of people are like, yo, welcome back, Nexus. Get back in my life. Yeah. Uh I green is still a very powerful color. 
You have to, yeah. if you're not playing green, you're basically playing, is it in Soul Artifact? Is it Phoenix? Or you're playing, for some ungodly reason, mono red or mono black strategies? First of all, how dare you? Second of all, what gives you the right? Well, I mean, there's also a Boros Feather deck in this dump decklist dump I'm looking at, but there's a lot of things that are really, really, really leaning heavily towards you know, you're, you should be playing green. If you're playing a creature-based deck, your odds are most likely your best bet's playing green right now in the format. Which, yeah. to be fair, looking at a lot of the sets over the last couple of years, green has become one of the best colors in the game. It's yeah. it's borrowed, I think, almost too heavily from there other parts of the color There are some people pie. who are advocating for a once-upon-a-time ban in some formats. Like, part of the rationale for banning uh, Othanissa is, is its, you know, ability to dig. And I think Andrew Shrout tweeted out like a meme of that line. And then once upon a time, it's a little meme of like the puppet that looks forward and then it's like looking to the side. Oh, the uh, um, uh, yikes. Kind of don't look yeah. at me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if once upon a time decides to take a fall for the same reasons well, that um, that Oath did. Yeah. And I want to actually say one other thing, too, because we did mention we both of us. I know I made sure I heavily caveated a, you know, put an asterisk on my ban guesses last week of this is all going to depend on this week. We just saw how I was like, maybe they might wait. Like we both thought they might wait, wait a week or two, or maybe after the SCG event, but man, I do anticipate that this upcoming BNR is going to have nothing on it. That said, I appreciate the fact that they came out swinging. Yeah. Uh, they, and Air Force they, they, even retweeted it in a reply to his original tweets like, I hope we don't have to be this aggressive in the future, but we reserve the right to be. Right. And when they said in their format announcement, we will be aggressive with pruning this format, you know what? This is what I expected. This, Yeah, this kind of thing. Like, I mean, yes, we saw one or two cards. I wasn't necessarily thinking with Anissa, but when you look at the reasoning, it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I know for a fact that over time, more cards will get banned out of this format. Uh, for sure, the stuff we mentioned last week, over time, things will format will settle out. Maybe something needs to get pruned. But starting off strong, no no fetch lands, no Feldar Guardian, no Leyland of Abundance, no Oath of Nyssa. So let's see where next week takes us. I, and then I for today, one I for one am looking forward to almost weekly updates on being like where we can talk about like even just be like, hey, there's nothing happening in Paul in Pioneer. Sweet, let's move on. Or be like, so let's talk about some pioneer bands, kids. Yeah, I'm looking. And then for, I'm eventually, looking they're going to wrap this into the usual BNR announcement stage. But at this early stage in the format, I'm glad that they are being kind of cautious about what's going on. Yeah, over the next week or so, I'm probably going to throw together a physical copy of Is It Phoenix to take with me to SCG Con because I want to play some Paper Pioneer. There you go. And I basically own a lot of the pieces of that deck still, so I think I just might need some. Shocklands, actually, which is the funny part. Go get you some steam fins, yo. I got like two or three because I, I think I might have four, but they're like spattered. They better be the... mismatching. Oh, they are mismatching <laughs> because one of them I know for a fact is OG Ravnica because that puppy is in my Jeskai Lander deck. No, actually, I have a foil copy of Steam Vents from the guilds in there. I, I opened a foil one. I was like, yeah, get in my guilds deck. Uh, the other, no, the other one is because of I got the OG Ravnica ones on top of some of the Return to Ravnica shocks for uh, what's it called Grixis Death Shadow. Oh, Death Shadow, sure. Yeah, I was using I was sense. using OG Ravnica shocks for that instead of 
the newer ones because I was like, I like the older, like darker mm, grizzly style that yeah. they had for those ones. That said, they'd mismatch, but I'm pretty sure I have four across my collection that needs to also get pruned somehow. Cool. Oh, that's a good now, idea for a future episode. We'll talk about pruning your collection once I actually prune my collection. <laughs> <laughs> take my advice after I take my advice. Yeah. Let me let me let me uh, do the in depth research and actual physical part of doing that and then yeah we we will we will compare notes i'll give my own moving on there was a there's also a band announcement today because arena does not share our sympathy for scheduled bnr announcements um with brawl coming up this wednesday like it does every wednesday why it isn't just a regular queue we'll have no idea i'm but, all right hold on side note i'm actually getting super sick of everybody just ragging on like all the oh hey look it's not on it's only on Wednesday one day a week I'm like I we get I get it I get it the horse has been beaten it's now a bloody pulp anyway to be fair they're not they're not beating it for you they're beating it for wizards no 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 but, I appreciate it it's just one of those I'm like all right am I gonna have to actually look at banning phrases off of my or muting phrases from my Twitter timeline because I might <laughs> fair that's fair. that's one that's what I was getting at but anyway uh, but brawl banned o- arena banned Oko in brawl can't be in your deck can't be your commander just no more Oko if you're playing brawl on arena which is honestly pretty good because it sounds like people are being very lazy and they just want to play turn th- turn two Okos every single day that's why I was like said that really we still doing this because <laughs> to be fair i think you also said in standard that it'll get changed but Oko did I, get I, meant a, I meant i said any format and brawl was one that i expected and i literally tweeted i literally sent you a message not too long ago saying i expect oko to be banned in standard and in brawl that seems pretty easy lo and behold he's banned in arena but arena uh, arena legality does not follow paper legality so therefore i'm going to rule this as a uh <laughs> As a uh, caveat, and we're going to continue doing the whole Elks thing until Oko gets banned in paper and something. I really hope that for these Brawl bans in the future, that they bring it under the umbrella of BNR announcements, because this just feels incredibly awkward that you can do something in paper that you can't do on Arena. I mean, or vice versa. Yeah. Granted, you can't do it on Arena except on Wednesdays, whatever. And here's, you know, here's the funny part. You can do Brawl on Arena via Direct Challenge, but Direct Challenge doesn't follow the band list. My brain hurts. <laughs> we Wizards, we need to have a talk about this format fragmentation because it's we, getting ridiculous. We need to have a talk about it. We need to have a talk about Arena, but arena. There's, there's people who have bigger reach than us who are already doing the good fight there, so I'm not really worried. I don't know. I'm just saying like, this that was me being like wizards my, my dudes dudettes and folks <laughs> listen up <laughs> wizards the company it's we getting need to have a talk it's getting ridiculous there's way too yeah. many like i appreciate the number of ways to play magic it's great but there's so many tweaks and variations of this is legal on this thing but it's not legal here and it's legal on here but it only available this way and this way it's like whoa hold on you, you did good with Pauper. You brought it under an umbrella. You, you finally got that one situated with you know Paper and Mikko. Let's let's start pruning this down with Arena too, please. But what was it? I had a thing I wanted to talk about and I whiffed on it. Is it a mystery? No, it's not the mystery boosters. 
That's looking. I'm Which, looking. by the way, the mystery boosters are getting revealed uh, this weekend at GP Magic Fest, whatever you want to call Richmond. it, Richmond. And it, I, we don't know what's going on, and that I'm okay with that. We'll probably spend. Well, I might spend all of next week talking about it. We'll see how. Well, you won't be available. I'll find something to talk about maybe next week. I'll tell. But, I'll tell you this. I will be very. I will have a search tab, whatever you want to call it, because I don't use TweetDeck, even though I probably should. Uh, I was, I will have a something up where I will be searching a hashtag or anything of that sort to see what people are pulling from these things because trust me, the minute it looks like going to be spicy, I'm going to be hopping on Pastimes website and booking myself in one of the uh, sealed events for this at PAX Unplugged in December. Granted, um, yes, it is a month from now. I don't care. I'm still going to do it because that's one of the list. Yeah. That's one of the things. Oh. We should also mention, too, that they put out a tweet today that is going to be at every Magic Fest from here till the end of 2019 until supplies. Which is nice. As supplies last, very heavy caveat there, and at select conventions, meaning SCG Con just added it to their roster as an on-demand event. Mm -hmm. And uh, PAX Unplugged is going to have it there, too. So I'm probably going to play it, and I'll I'll get a chance to at least get a crack at some of these mystery boosters this weekend, but next weekend when I go to SCG Con. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I'm actually curious if they're going to have it at Command Fest DC as well as some weird side maybe. event thing. Uh, Mark Rosar did tweet out not too long ago. One of the most popular questions I've gotten over the last few weeks is, I know that the mystery booster is supposed to be a mystery, but what can you tell us about it? <laughs> what did he say? Nothing. Well, no, his, his reaction on the tweet was, you know, smiley face. Oh, Mark. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, he did answer the question that someone was like, Someone asked the question, should I care about these packs if I have no ability to go to a major tournament or convention? And Mark said, we've said that there's going to be a version of them sold in stores, which is nice. I like so this. That's why it's the convention version. Okay. Yes. So, and then the, another person jokingly replied, Mark, what can you tell us about Zendikar Rising? I will continue to ask every day until you can tell me more about Zendikar Rising. A set will not come out for at least a year. And then Mark replied, it's set on Zendikar. Smiley face. Got him. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. Actually, I remember what I was going to talk about because it was relevant to Oko. So at, oh boy, this is a, I think it was the Legacy Challenge Online. Somebody did a really nice tournament write-up. The art of the good tournament write-up is a lost art these days. And this one on Reddit is a scathing indictment of the state of Legacy right now. Which, as a player who has kind of been like, I targeted Legacy as, hey, I want to learn Legacy and jump into it. Basically because the last couple SCG Phillies team events it's like um, i'll take the legacy seat and play infector delver of course both those decks need okos now and my wallet is crying but hopefully as oko is banned in other formats his price drops a little bit on both magic online and in paper because right now he's like 60 tickets plus on magic online right now which is he was 93 tickets on magic online to be fair he has dropped yes but it's still <laughs> a lot of tickets it rental, is rental accounts can only account for Ren and Six, which is the literal most expensive card basically on Magic Online right now, right now at like 87 tickets still. But yeah, it's a basically Ren and Oko are like the two most expensive cards on Magic Online right now with Nissa yeah. or not Nissa Liliana. One other Liliana thing that I will say about Oko, um, Liliana the Last Hopes one is we had the uh, we had Eternal Weekend this past weekend. Oh yeah, uh, with Vintage and Legacy Champs and everything like that, and. Oko has given us a gift. Oh, baby. Did it give us a gift? He has given us the gift of the most powerful card in all of Magic, Black Lotus, 
attacking for lethal. Yeah. A lethal Black Lotus, a 3-3 Black Lotus, that an elk Black Lotus. Not a Black Lotus that's being cracked for mana to do something lethal like storm or shops or whatever, all that pedestrian stuff. No, no, no. It turns sideways to swing in to red zone. A Black Lotus attacking an opponent for lethal. Ugh. I, there, there has to have been a time in Magic's history where somebody was slapping like an insult artifact on it or something. But the fact that this was like on camera, we have visual camera evidence of a Black Lotus hitting the red zone. It's just so choice. Oh, we should actually kind of like uh, mention. And then the person who won the Vintage Champs uh, took their trophy, which we, which is a big kind of portrait-sized Mox jet. Okay, actually, hold on. And I got they it. Hold on. I painters got... taped a picture of an elk over it, and painters taped over the rules text. Yeah, so I actually have to kind of semi-correct you on that. It's actually a painting that's framed to look like a card. Okay. Yeah, it's the they make like they've commissioned alternate versions of the Moxin and Black Lotus and Dual Lands over the years, but it's actual artwork like on a canvas, but they frame it in a card frame. So the part where the you can actually take the painting out of the card frame, which is kind of cool. Okay. Didn't know. Yep. But now I know. No, like that's why I wanted to like jump in, but like no, no, you can actually do this. It's kind of crazy and cool. Uh, but yeah, still didn't change the fact that he took his photos from Card Titan. With an elk taped over. Oh, no, that was amazing and incredible, and I loved every minute of it. But right now, (laughs) Team Redelver is, good lord, the best deck in Legacy again. I mean, and it's not even the Stifle version. It's just Ren and Oko. As the article that that was talking about this called it, it's W6 Poker, the format. So Ren and 6 Poker. Does your poker hand of your opening seven beat their poker hand of... Who can stick Ren and Six the first, get it snowballing out of control, or maybe stick an Oko right afterwards and just completely obliterate them? Like, that's that's what it is. It's dominating the format. It makes me sad because it's kind of where I was targeting because it's like, oh, this looks fun. But, I mean, that's kind of why I picked it, I guess, too, which is, yeah. But. We, we'll see what happens with Oko because there was also the clip, I don't know if you mentioned it last week, where Melissa DeTora and Paul Chian were on stream saying, we recognize that Oko is a very good card. We underestimated um, how good the plus one was going to be. We did aim him to be a good card in standard, and they're monitoring. A, we're monitoring, monitoring the format was the quote, but they're talking about standard. Um, but yeah, Oko's just done some crazy things. I will, and I, I will. See. I would be surprised if Oko survives the next paper BNR being legal in in brawl at least. I think he's getting banned in brawl and paper on the twenty first right. or on the twelfth, whenever that BNR announcement is. And I also think that Oko is very likely to be banned in standard. Um, it's and then the 18th, by the way, is the next maybe banner. Maybe modern? I, I think he's okay in modern for right now. We need some more uh, modern events to happen, I think. I think they need more data on modern right now. But the Simic Wurza decks with Oko powering out a whole bunch of food tokens just seems a little overpowered right now. I mean, obviously... Well, is that Urza or is that Oko? Well, that's that's the thing. So here's the great part is on the 18th of November is the next BNR. However, the week before that is the SCG Invitational, which is both modern pioneer and pioneer. And modern, yeah. So we're going to get some big modern tournament. And the last modern tournament at SCG had, which was like two weeks ago, that's where the Simic, Wurza, Simic and uh, Sultai Wurza decks just took over. So we'll see if that continues. Yeah. I would honestly like it's I don't think it's dollars to donuts at this point that like it's a it's not even a good bet that 
I think Oko is not going to survive in standard, modern, pioneer, and legacy by this time next year. And Brawl. Well, I, I want to go those five formats. I do not think Oko will be a legal card by this time next year. It would be really bonkers if he got restricted in Legacy or in Vintage, I should say. Well, that's another thing too. Is I there's the ne- not the next Vintage. Th- the next Vintage restriction has to be Narset, based on what I've heard. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if Narset doesn't live past the 18th in Vintage, not being restricted. Like honestly, yeah. she'd warp so much of that format; it's ridiculous. Like the the card and draw also, advantage that Vintage is just Vintage. Is like, oh, it's a turn one combo format. It's like no, it's a very card selection slash card draw like very heavy oriented towards that kind of thing with those decks and here's the here's the reason why they're going to restrict they're going to restrict narset for the same reason they restricted chalice of the void because they restricted chalice of the void because you can play it on zero and prevent people from playing their moxin which is kind of some of the people's point of playing the format so they're going to ban narset because otherwise you just completely hose one of the reasons to play the format, which is Ancestral Recall. And not only can Narset hose your opponent's Ancestral Recall, but she can find your Ancestral Recall. Right. So there's there's a lot going on there. So I'm not surprised, or I would not be surprised with a Narset restriction in Vintage. So we also I also want to mention too that the the vintage deck that's running Oko right now is called is the Oath of Druids deck, but it's Oko Druids now, or Oko Oath. Because you play your Oath of Druids on probably turn one, because you know you can powered out with a mox or something like that and then you know you pass the turn to your opponent and oath of druids by the way is an old old enchantment one in a green in, uh during each player's upkeep if that player controls fewer creatures than target or at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player chooses target player who controls more creatures than tar- than they do and is their opponent so basically that's wording for commander kind of games but against a single player that's your opponent first player reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card if the first player does that player puts that card on the battlefield and all their cards revealed this way into the graveyard so you literally be like all right you play with the druids nothing will happen because your opponent probably won't have a creature out unless they're delver for some reason which oh they have a creature but then if your opponent's playing you know they play a mox or whatever and pass the turn you stick an oko with some you know counterspell backup you land that oko then you turn whatever artifact they have into a creature and then hey look at that upkeep happens oh no i get a you know my oath oak no my, my, oak, my, my, oath, oath, my oath ticks off and let me put a grizzle brand into play and then good luck pretty much yeah so it's kind of doing some ridiculous stuff in vintage legacy like i met, said is just straight up rug and four color del- like some people who are very hip to the format are like why are people playing four color four colors not good right now it's fair four colors not amazing right now but rug or four color delver playing green for Oko and Ren and Six is what is like the baseline of what you need to be attacking or prepared for in Legacy. And it Planeswalkers are warping that format. It's bad. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't think... There's a chance Ren and Six might even get whapped with a hammer in Legacy if it keeps going as bad as it is with warping the format. I mean, we'll see. Well, no, no. I, um, this, is, this is coming from me playing Legacy-wise. I know we're all over the map tonight, but me playing Legacy-wise, like, yes, Oak just ran six on its own without Oko, not the worst thing in the world, but Oko negates so many strategies in legacy. It's not even funny. Like yeah. me, me with a rug Delver deck without Oko, right? Opponents playing mm-hmm. a reanimator strategy. I better be pulling in my crop rotation with Caracas package and Bajuka bog. Just on the off chance I can stick a Bajuka bog and get my opponent. Or you have to have target graveyard hate, like surgical extraction. Granted, Delver decks are still playing that because you know, it's a free spell and, hates out stuff 
your opponent wastes their turn putting something in the graveyard. They target it with their, you know, exhume, and you're like, ha, got him. Regardless, the fact that you don't even need to worry about that graveyard hate, your opponent goes, cool. Grizzlebrand passed the turn. You're like, all right, Oko, your, your Grizzlebrand's a 3-3. Three, three. That's a mighty expensive elk you've got there. Yeah, just... Oh, by the way, that 2020 Merit Lage token is now a 3-3 Elk Merit Lage. Cool. Cool beans. Yeah, it's yeah. it's utterly ridiculous just how many strategies that rely on, like, let me get this one big one-shot creature out, like Reanimator or Lands and other stuff like that, where it just, it literally doesn't matter anymore. Like I was just thinking about one of my favorite decks from Old Standard, the Electrostatic Pummeler deck, playing that in Pioneer. Um, and I was looking at one of the deck lists that 5 owed, and I was looking at Maximum Acceleration, which is red, uh, sorcery, target creature goes plus one, plus one, and haste with jumpstart from Guilds of Ravnica. I'm like, why is that in there? And then I remembered, oh, it's a creature. It just gets turned into an elk. So that's why you got to give it haste. Yep. <laughs> so you can then kill your opponent. Yeah. So Oko, Oko has warped every format around it because of his ubiquity and his power and... Um, there's a lot of people who are who were kind of who might have been looking at my top ten planeswalkers from a couple weeks ago and been like, "Man, you put Oko at two? That's ridiculous." And I'm like, "I know. I'm looking. You see what he's doing? I'm looking at my list and being like, yeah. I will also say, I man, I love being you know, be like, hey, remember three episodes slash three weeks ago when I was like, yeah, we'll see how this goes and like with more you know historical data. Hey, Ian from three four weeks ago. Guess what? Here's your historical data." It's a good freaking card. Put it to you jerk. <laughs> and then also you can ask some really silly questions that have happened. Like what happens if I Oko something with a tabernacle in oh, play? Oh, baby. What if I Oko a Magus of the Judge? Moon? What happens if I Oko a Magus of the Judge? Ruling, please. There's a lot of layers. So the tabernacle ruling, if your elk, if you make something into an elk and then your opponent plays tabernacle, it gets the tabernacle you must pay one. If you if the tabernacle is played and this is tabernacle pendle veil by the way a very 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 expensive land from back in the day that does not tap it's a land that doesn't tap for mana it just says all creatures gain at the beginning of your upkeep pay one or sacrifice right it. it says gain so like that's a constant check on things you can play a creature it'll gain it but right or no is when it comes to the play uh it, the reason why the Oko thing works the way it does with Tabernacle is because of timestamps. If Tabernacle comes down first, but then Oko affects something afterwards, it's not affected by it. If on the flip side, if I Oko something and then you play Tabernacle, then the creature, then the elk is affected by well, it. Well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm even saying like, okay, your opponent plays Tabernacle and then I play a creature. Your creature is going to get that after the effect, but Oko for some reason yes. is a weird loophole where it doesn't. It's really strange. Oh, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It is a loophole that does not affect it because it's a weird. And then the Magus of the Moon is weird because if you if you elk a Magus of the Moon, all non-basic lands are still mountains until the Magus of the Moon is removed from play. And then with Magus and Thladis, uh, Magus and Thladis is now an elk, but everything is still an artifact. But it still taps for mana. Well, depending on if uh, well, I'm saying depending think, on if your opponent still has Karn out, but at that point you can just swing your Oko into or your elk into a yeah. It, it's it's really strange. It, basically, people are even saying like, hey, these utterly inane rules loops are a great reason why it should just be taken out of formats because like rules lawyering and all sorts of weird timestamp interactions just confuse people anyway. And it's like, besides from everything else, it's like the fact that it's messing with Tabernacle of Pendril Veil, like layering is just like, that's just, 
it's absurdity basically i hate it, it i hated that we really kind of is. dug we jumped off in, in the oko realm but i had to talk about legacy right now because it's a delver's world again for, but not for yeah, Del- delver delver secrets it's a very good but card. not for not um, for normal delver reasons of spells being good it's planes yeah we did kind of get a little rambly there towards the end but we really didn't have a whole lot to talk about today the the week in magic was relatively tame aside from the pioneer band and restricted announcement as well as uh, mythic championship six coming up this weekend if you have the time go support that don't forget about desert bus for hope uh i will be watching it when i can if i'm not working and ian will obviously be in the chat rooms um for there you can go on twitter at desert bus and you can go to desertbus.org. There will be a link to that in the show notes below if you want further information about it. Yeah. Ian. Well, like, like kind of like before we get to the social media stuff, like you said, this week was actually like surprisingly tame. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm sure there was some shenaniganery. Oh, the, the big thing in Commander World was deck power levels and like grading where your deck is. It's like, hey, is this deck? Look, it- if you're trying to do a Commander tier list, you're missing the point. Right. Well, um, other other good podcasts. We'll call it the the Command Zone covered that this week. Go check them out for that if you want, if you're yeah. interested in the tier listing and stuff like that. But basically, it's like tier one is like super casual, like not super powerful, and tier ten is like I have like essentially everything in this deck that will kill you on turn three consistently. It's like competitive EDH style, like tier ten. I would honestly say my like even the self assessment, my uh. Animar mm-hmm. decks probably like a five or six easily. I tech that bad boy out. <laughs> it's kind of bad. Yeah. But that said, um, that was like the only kind of like other burr in someone's bonnet I saw this weekend is people starting or just people starting to go over that. But and that's just like, all right, cool. Have fun, Commander folks. To be fair, Commanders. Commander is a great format if you ignore everyone else. Oh, we actually should mention though, Command Fest, Chicago and Seattle also happened this past weekend and apparently were an utter hit. So I'm looking forward to it's making me look forward to DC more um, in a couple of weeks with that one. And hey, it looks like the demand is there for these kind of commander events. The only thing people are recommending, uh, I guess, tweak wise is the cost of the event, because to get in, it's one hundred twenty for one hundred twenty dollars for a three day pass or like forty five, fifty dollars for a single day. Granted, those passes do get you a couple uh, vouchers for time to, you know, on not on demand events, but also like set set events as well but at the same time it's like people were like i know friends in seattle who are like i'm gonna go this like oh wait it costs money to even get in the door and there was literally no space to play that was not pay to pay to enter kind of thing so to even get inside the door to even play you had to pay and that people are like "Eh, maybe lower it down to like 15 20 to get on site if you want to do something like make it that kind of convention style pay to enter but that's a conversation for a whole other day. It is. But Ian, it was good. People enjoyed it. That's all I saw from the event that it was people had a lot of yeah. fun. And if people wanted to find you on the social medias, how can they do I so? Can find me tweeting some random stuff about magic, Quite literally. sports, nerdity stuff. Oh, I've been tweeting a lot more military stuff lately just because I feel like it because F it. Why not? <laughs> uh, that's it. Dixon IJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. On Twitter, and you guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks. Uh, life is still crazy, hectic, busy, probably will be for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'll try and maybe stream. Oh, Thanksgiving weekend, I want to try and stream me building a Lego set if that interests you fine folks out there. I know it's not magic related, yeah. but I'm building a Lego Saturn V rocket. I've had this set for like a year and a half, and I want to build it on stream just because it's fun. Last time I did it was an X-Wing, and it was 
great time hanging out with people in chat. That said, if you see me in chat during Desert Bus, say what up. Also, I might pop into the Mythic Championship chat. Maybe. I don't know. If you see me there too, say hi. John, people, yeah. find you. Where? Go. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's jwiley129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you don't, if you see me in the chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, I've been tweeting a lot about magic, a lot about D&D, because those are fun. Um, I also recently finalized my travel plans. I will be at Magic Fest Austin at the beginning of January. Hey, so sweet. Turns out working for a hotel has perks. Ooh, um, yeah, get them room upgrades, <laughs> my friend. Not that, uh, but... A discount room uh, for that. <laughs> Yeah, discounts. Hey, still, um, still I have no control over what room they give me, but I do get a good oh, price. Oh, you get that kind of thing where it's just like, throw me in a room you got. Got it. Sort, something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so one of two ways. You can shoot us up on Twitter at Eyes of the Mice, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesofthemice at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.